I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ah, there's the music and the podcast is underway. Season 1, Episode 17, Cool Button Uncensored is on the air. Craig, you're looking good. I can't believe I missed you on Thursday. You're at Silver Sticks. I'm in the fall. St. Catharines watching uh, women's hockey. Jessica's team, Brock, against uh, Guelph. Guelph wins again. Great start to the season. So you're here in my neck of the woods, and I'm over there, and you're out scouting, and we're at the rink. Isn't it great just to be back at the rink? Oh, I see the twinkle in your eye, Santa. It was unbelievable. Honestly, you know, the silver stick is U16. I mean, they have a number of different age groups. I was there watching the U16 group, which is, you know, all the players that are coming through for the OHL draft. It's phenomenal. But Steve, you know how the minor hockey tournaments go. Like they have, you know, the the teams are playing a game in, in, in the early afternoon and they're playing a game at night. Right. So I'm talking to one of the coaches and he's and, and he said to me, he goes, yeah, we played in the afternoon and I wanted I wanted the kids to go back to the hotel and just kind of get a little bit of a rest. He goes, but they're so excited about being in the rink again. They're so excited about watching their friends and watching the other teams. And you see that excitement. And, and he said, you know what? They don't have to go sleep. We'll just go play tonight. Like, you know, and I think it's that joy. You talk about that joy. It was so evident. And and the, and the rink was buzzing. You know that Iroquois uh, arena. I mean, it was buzzing. And, and it's just a beehive of activity. But so wonderful to be there and uh, to watch those kids. And, you know, we, Steve, you and me talk about this all the time. The future of hockey is really good. And I can tell you what, I saw a lot of the future at the Silver Stick, as did uh, the people that were there scouting it for the, for the OHL teams. But what a fabulous experience to just take yourself back and watch the joy and enthusiasm of those young kids. When we are fully, fully back to normal, we'll do the show from there. We'll do the oh, radio. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, we did it two years ago, and then everything that's happened. Uh, there was a buzz that you were there. I got a call from one of my buddies, Billy, and he's like, Craig's at the rink. And I was so, oh my God, Craig's there. I'm not. I was there the next day, saw Mark Hunter. Looks great. And I did say to Mark, because you said some good things about him, said, Craig some, said some good things about you. And he looked at me like this, like, like they hear that they, <laughs> you said how you felt. So we're here to be honest. Like, we're going to talk about COVID, biting, Murray, Kane. There's so much on the docket here. There's so much on this docket, Mr. Button. Like, and, and we're going to have fun again today, right? Well, we have fun every day. But, but, but uh, here's my little preamble, okay? Yep. Hail to the victors, valiant. Hail to the conquering heroes. Hail, hail to Michigan, the leaders and best. 
Hail to the victors, valiant. Hail to the conquering heroes. Hail, hail to Michigan, the champions of the West. Eight straight losses to the Buckeyes. It ended on Saturday, Steve. It ended on Saturday. <laughs> so you and Kyle Connor are very happy. I heard he was very happy. It's more happy <laughs> about Dylan Larkin and Dylan Larkin. Oh, yes, yes. I heard that uh, Kyle was more happier about that win than his own win. And they needed for a November win. We, we won't even get uh-huh. to that. I don't, we have guys, we're so. <laughs> you know what we're like here? We're like a little meal. We're a 40 minute meal. You know what? There'll be another meal on Thursday. So here we go the Montreal Canadiens. You said something great a few weeks ago. Make a decision. If Mark Bergevin's your guy, that's okay. But tell him, extend him, or do something about it. And they did. So clarity as they cleaned house. And Scott, when Scott Melby walked away, it was like, uh-oh. And then everything happened on Sunday. So is Jeff Gordon really, 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 really in charge, but he's not the GM? And you know Montreal. You speak Francais. Bilingual GM is really the assistant GM and Jeff Gorton's really in charge. Let's start there because Montreal is different. The market is different. Well, it is because of the language. And I, I can only tell you this, Steve. Uh, well, at one time, my, uh, my, my uh, ability to speak in both uh, official languages of Canada was pretty good. My, my French has slipped. You know what? I, I, I got, you know, I got to just sharpen it up and, and get going, but it is. And, you know, I, I remember Bob Gainey saying this to me when he was the manager of the Montreal Canadiens. It's a passionate fan base. It's a, re- you know, we talk about the Montreal Canadiens as a religion. You know, the forum was the, was the cathedral. It's the bell center now, but you know, the, and Bob said this very clearly to me, he goes, you know, when you have 90% of your fan base that's French-Canadian and French-speaking, right, they they want to hear about their team in their own language. <laughs> and we can talk all we want about, oh, well, just get the best. There's lots of good French-speaking candidates for that job. And it's a necessary requirement. I, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to sit here and start saying that, oh, yeah, just hire anybody. No, the, your fan base, you better serve your fan base. And the Montreal Canadiens... That's one of the that's one of the things. And Bob said this to me. He goes, every market has its advantages, and every market has its own unique. Uh, he didn't call it disadvantages, but you have to deal with it. And in Montreal, it's language. In Quebec, it's language. But you know, I think that number one, I think uh, Jeff Jeff Molson acted, and I think that was that was significant. Number one, number two, Jeff Gordon's a very experienced leader of an organization, and and so now you have somebody that can manage the day to day. Right. You know, he's the executive vice president of hockey operations. They've talked about him going for the search, but, but he's very experienced and that's going to help in the short term. That's really important because, you know, whatever the process is and what, however it unfolds, having Jeff at the helm to handle the day to day, you know, not this interim interim stuff. Right. Like, you know, OK, we'll see. He'll handle it. He's the guy. He, he'll make he's decisions, the boss, right? He's the and boss. He's more than capable of making those decisions. He, he, he's, he's been a sharp uh, executive in the NHL and in, in my view. So I think, uh, you know, that's the first step. And I think it was a, it was a critically important step to, to, for Jeff Molson to make the decision. And, and I think just as important to put Jeff Gordon in charge. So, I mean, you're not getting Julian Brisebois and, and why not? Why, why do we eliminate things? Well, if I'm Julian Brisebois and I'm the general manager of the Lightning and I'm in charge, forgetting that it's Florida and they've won and helped build the team with Steve Eiserman, 
would he leave that? Does he share the, like if Breezewalk comes in, then I think it's more 50-50. If it's, I'm just going to say, person X who's never been a general manager, then isn't it Gordon 75 and the GM 20 and then the staff? I, the way I look at it is, it's a, it's not an entry-level spot, but if it's a, and I don't want to use the word glorified, maybe I already just did, bilingual public relations ambassador. I, that, like to me is, what I used to love is, I think me and you talked about this, and the two-man referee system, When it, remember we had some games and then now we've had it for 20 years. When we did walk into a rink in 1975 or 83, who's in charge here? Who's responsible here, Jerry? Uh, nobody wants to be responsible. You know who's in charge? Bruce Hood. Terry Gregson, right? Um, you, you name the referee. Wally Harris. Come Wally on, Harris. Wally Harris. Yeah, Artie Wally Quebec. Harris. Yeah. So, all, so who's in charge here? You're saying it's Jeff Gordon. Can Jeff Gordon be in charge with Julian Brisebois? Because if I'm Brisebois, I want to be in charge. That's that's where I'm confused a little bit how this is going to work. Well, so, so my point wasn't about if they are. My point is why do people say like I've mentioned Julian Brisebois a few times. So I'm just telling you from my perspective. So I don't know if Julian Brisebois is interested. I don't know if he's not. And I, I don't know. All I know is this, is that if I'm Jeff Molson, I'm finding out if Julian Brisebois is interested. Uh, and if he isn't, fine. Well, but we, everybody wants to start with, no, why would he? Well, well, well Steve Eisenman left Tampa Bay to go back to Detroit. I mean, Julian Brisebois is from Quebec. He worked for the Montreal Canadiens. Who's to say he would, that there wouldn't be appeal there? I don't know. I'm just saying that I would start <laughs> there and say, Mr. Vinnick, this is uh, Jeff Molson. Uh, great respect for you. I'd like to bring Julian home. <laughs> I'd like to bring him home. He's a, he's, he's a French Canadian. He, he worked for our organization. He's done great. And you have lots of good people in place. Uh, we, we need to find somebody. That's all. And if he says no, he says no, but, right. but don't, don't assume that's all my point is right so to, to, to your point so we're back to your uh commentary about jeff so i think this is important you talk about you know i don't i, I don't want to split it up but let's say you're going to bring in i'm just gonna i'm just gonna mention his name okay I, i'm not wanting to start talking there's lots of good candidates right well what, i'm going to mention two names why don't i just mention matthew darch who's with the tampa bay lightning or Martin Madden Jr., who's with the Anaheim Ducks, okay? They've never been general managers, you know? So could they come in and be guided? Like, can, can they can they be, I don't want to say incubated, but like, hey, Jeff is the guy, but you're going to be the manager. You're the one that's going to communicate, right? Does, does Jeff not ostensibly become the president of hockey operations? I know what you're saying. It's a nice way of training on the job while Jeff's in charge, they, they probably had the conversation and said, Jeff, you're in charge now, but we want you to train someone. This gets you back in hockey, you know, off television. It's great to be on television, but you want to be in hockey. Then you train one of the two guys you mentioned that you'll eventually kind of pass them the torch, but you're still in charge together and you're in. So this is not a one-year thing. Let's try to do this over a three, five, seven-year thing and see how it goes. And yeah, the bilingual factor is in play. If Jeff Gordon wasn't American, I don't know where I think I'm assuming he's from the Northeast. And yeah. he was, if he was from 
Quebec City, it'd be over right now. It'd be over. Jeff Gortan would be the general manager and all that stuff. But because he's not, and it's important what Bob Gainey said, I get it. I've, Craig, I've lived it since I was four years old, so I get it. You, I think you were born there. You get it. You've seen it. You, you know Bob very well. So I get it. I see what you're saying, and I like the plan. I do. I like the plan. And it, so I, I approve the plan. As you approve the plan, I get <laughs> Check it. Check Approved. Now, yeah, and the team, so the team, as they go in there and you evaluate, and you've been in there before, you, you sit up top and you're looking, you got your notepad, your computer, you look at there. And you do all that stuff. Isn't it better to do this now than in May? Because now, as he evaluates, I, I, I'm an amateur GM. I'd rather he now run the team into the trade deadline and say, we're getting rid of this guy, we're trading this guy, as opposed to, because don't you just save time? If you believe you got the right guy, haven't you just saved six months? Or am I crazy? No, no, you're not crazy at all. You're, you're, you're spot on. You're, you're, you're exactly right. And like, Okay, what's going to happen today? You, you don't know what opportunity presents itself today. I, I, I joke about this, Steve. When your team is struggling and you're the manager of a team, the other general managers are very friendly. I, I compare it to being in, in water where the waves are coming up over your head. You're, 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 you're bopping up to get air, right? And all of a sudden, Mr. GM comes by and he goes, hey, Steve, uh, I see you're struggling here. I want to help you out. Here, here, here's a life vest, right? They throw you the life vest. And you're going, oh, thanks. And all of a sudden, you start to sink and you realize it's a lead life vest. <laughs> it's not a flotation <laughs> device. They throw you anchors. They throw you leaded life vests. The other managers are not there to help you. That's another thing with Jeff. You know, Jeff knows the lay of the land. He knows the other managers in the league very well. He knows how, how to operate. And there's going to be opportunities that are going to rise today, tomorrow, next week, next month, into the deadline. And that was why, you know, with Mark Bergevin, the last year of his contract and sitting there, that's why, to me, it was imperative that Jeff Molson acted. One way or the other. Yep. One way or the other. If, if, if Mark is going to be the guy going forward, then put the stake in the ground. And if he's not, put the stake in the ground. And, and he did. And Mark wrote a, a very nice, uh, uh, I, I, I thought, uh, appreciate, appreciation note. Uh, and, and really, it was titled Thanks. And I thought it was very well done. But that's what you have to do. And, and, and I think to, exactly what you said. You know, you can't just wait till May. Like, like what, what, what opportunities have you missed? And, and if, you, if you didn't have, if Mark wasn't your guy, you were going to miss then too. And that's why Jeff Molson needed to act one yeah. way or the other. Yeah. And you kind of called that before. So uh, that's great. I love when I get the real hockey. So, you know, the media guys are one thing, but when the real hockey people say that, that's a good point that, that you know, that matters more to me, which brings right. up a point that if we were on television about one of the games last night, it almost can only be described on TV <laughs> with a specialty pack. I'm going to save that because I've got it here, but we got too much stuff. So GM stuff. I don't know where I'd be on Matt Murray. But in the right situation, and maybe I'm one of the few people, I believe Evander Kane could help my hockey club under the right circumstances. Not three years left at seven. He'd have to be bought. Like if Evander Kane, and I chatted with him, and I got him for a million prorated or 750 on a one-year deal where I could just, if it doesn't work out, I still believe something there. And that type of player does. You don't go to the supermarket. I'll take a Lindros. Uh, I'll take a Kachuk and I'll take a Stevens. They're they're not there. So I'm more interested in Kane in the right situation than Murray, but that's amateur scout again. Where are you on these two players who are on, on waivers and are in the American League now? Yeah, well, well the first thing I would say, I, I, I want to talk on, on Matt Murray real quick, not real quick, but 
I, I've known Matt since he was in junior and, and I knew his father and his father was a, was a really supportive uh, figure in, in Matt's life. And we know what Matt did with the Pittsburgh Penguins and, you know, and when Matt's father passed away, you know, it was, it was something that was, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say sudden because I don't know that to be true, but, 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 but it hit him and, and everybody grieves differently. And I really, I really believe that, that Matt, because, because of the influence his dad had in his life and how close they were, it, it, it's affected him. And I said this on Friday, Steve, when, you know, when the word came out that he was going to go on waivers. And I, what I would say is, is you, you know, when you're struggling on the ice, right, you, you go and you get help. You go and get help from your, from your, from your goaltending coach. And, and Zach Burke is, is really good. And you try to work. And we see, like, last four games last season, Matt Murray played really well before he got hurt, right? So you go and you work on your game and, you know, this year started out, he, he wasn't ready to play because of injury. And now he, he just hasn't found his form. Now off the ice, it, it, you're still in a, in a place where, where, where you, it looks like you may need help. And I think if anything, what we're looking at is, is that reach out, reach out, whether it be on the ice or off the ice. I think, I think Matt, and I, I said this about grieving, there's no manual on grieving. Everybody grieves differently. And that's a, that's been a big loss in Matt's life. And so, you know, we can evaluate the save percentage and how he's played in the net and, you know, what, whether we think he can or he can't as a goaltender, but, you know, I think that whatever, whatever Matt needs, uh, to 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 find uh, you know a real a real strength in, in in his life off ice and a real strength on the ice, go and ask for it. That's that, that's where I'm at with Matt Murray. I, that, yeah. I I really think it's important to 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 balance out the discussion on Matt Murray. We, we know statistically what he what, what he hasn't done, right? We do, but but I'm just adding that context. Uh, you know, so that that was that was my commentary about Matt. And and you know, Steve, you know this when when you have when, when you know people personally and, 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 you know, I, I would see his dad and I mean, his dad at the junior ranks and everything. And I, I knew how influential he was in, in, in his life. And, you know, yeah, you, you share the Stanley cup, you share these great successes and, you know, you struggle. So anyway, I just wanted to, I, I just want to keep that context in, in, in place. Yeah. And you can relate having gone through the similar situation yourself. So I, and I understand, and I, I'm saying Murray for now, and yeah. no, nothing's ever over, and he's young, and he's, and he's got the trophy case. So, what what about Evander Kane then? So, how do you evaluate that? And uh, I know it's trickier if he was a free agent. I know it's different. He's not. He's got three, so no. I don't want to say anybody seven times three after this year. The Sharks have said no. I get it. I'm talking about the player. I don't know the person. So. Uh, if he was a free agent on January 1st and I was Florida, Tampa, Toronto, like so many teams and said, okay, you're coming in. We're going to give you a chance. It's like a tryout. Go do your thing. Be a 30 guy, be tough. And then if it didn't work out, but I know the big butt is three times seven, just 21 after this year. So how do you evaluate this tricky situation? Okay. Well, he, he, here's what I would say. When we watch Evander play, I mean, he's a fantastic player. He, he, he has everything you'd want in a player. He can skate. He's got size. He can shoot the puck. He can make plays. I mean, he really is a really, really good player. Right. And, and so, okay. So he, he's, he's had some challenges, uh, you know, off ice, you know, with, with, with some different, with some different issues. Okay. The, fair enough. Uh, but based on the player and what he's capable of doing, 
Yeah, you have to be interested. Yeah, there's no way you can just dismiss it out of hand. Now, number two, you know, I think, again, I'm going to go back to the background event, Vander Kane. Steve, we talked about the silver stick. I had, honestly, a fantastic 20-minute conversation with Anthony Stewart on Thursday night at the silver stick. Yeah. Uh, Anthony's coaching the, the Red Wings. The, yeah, the I watched their game. I saw their game the Did next you? day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so I, but, but we didn't talk of, I mean, he talked about coaching the kids and everything. Right. But, but he talked about background and he talked about, you know, understanding where players, you know, what their background has been, what their upbringing has been, what their socioeconomic status has been. Right. And if you understand where, where Evander Kane is and, 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 and today, and you know, what his background is, that's where I would start with Evander. I would go and sit down and, and say with Evander, okay, I would try to better understand, okay, how do we help you be that productive player on the ice without, without you running into these issues off the ice? And I don't think it's snapping your fingers. Like, who wouldn't, like, if, let's just look at the player. Who wouldn't want Evander King? I, you know, I can make all those comments. People want to make the comments about this thing or that thing, right? Like, I never had a problem with him with the, with the, with the money to the ear in Vegas. I mean, come on. Like, he's not doing anything illegal or anything. Like, you know, hey, everybody's got a personality. But that's where I would go. I, and I would say, if I'm, a, if I'm a manager somewhere else, I would phone Doug Wilson and let's wish Doug Wilson the very best, you know, as, 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 he, yep. as he. But I would phone and say, can I sit down and have a, have a, have a day with Evander Kane and, and, you know, just spend some time with him, you know, and try to talk and, you know, look back to when he went to San Jose, Joe Thornton went and picked him up at the airport. You remember hearing that story? Yes. Yes. Brought yes. him in right away. Right. And Patrick Marlowe, like, you know, you know, all of a sudden you come into an environment and you have people looking out for you too. And I'm not suggesting that San Jose sharks don't have people like that, but like, I think that in the case of Evander, uh, some understanding, uh, perspective uh, about, uh, you know, his background and, you know, you know, what he's had to deal with. And then can we move forward? Because as a player, he's, he, he's, 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 he's unique. And honestly, he's unique in a lot of ways. There aren't very many players like Evander Kane in the National Hockey League. Yeah. So we're going to monitor that situation because it's very intriguing to very good players in different situations. What do you think about Evander? I would take him under the circumstances. I would, I, what you said is the hockey part that I've learned a little bit through minor hockey, but some, some things are the same. I would spend time with him, talk to him. What if we did this? What about this? If it was Florida, you meet the, well, Thornton's in Florida, so that could actually help. But, and I use teams that are very good that, that could, a lot of teams could use them, but the sevens, it's, it's a deterrent unless we figure that part out. And that's a huge part. I'm just saying in a perfect world on January 1st, he was bought out. He's at zero. He's a free agent. Then he, you know, if it starts at Arizona, you go through the league and, you know, that's the way I would look at it. And, and yeah. only because I still believe that in like second, eighth chance, it's more about saying this, this, this situation isn't that bad. I want to know what is being talked about that I don't know about as a manager, then deal with your players. And if you talk to a strong group in the dressing room, then you go from there. And there's a lot we don't know. And we're just talking about it from being on the outside, but it's in the news. Cause there's so many different things in the news, like, like the COVID situation. So I reached out to Bruce Garriock. I see the Islander game gets canceled yesterday. And I just said to Bruce, the Sens got canceled at 10, right? Yep. They played at nine on the COVID list. Yep. Well, the Islanders are at seven. So 
And I ask you, Watson, if you're Ottawa, do you say, whoa, would I throw a match and my friend Rocky was in there? You might, Robert, you might. You're telling me, you're telling me, Bugs Bunny, the Sens got canceled when they hit 10 and the Islanders at seven? Hang on, whoa, Campbell, you, you tell me, you tell me if the Sens are saying, what's the difference? Because I don't know the difference. I'm asking you, you tell the listeners, what's the difference? Well, I think the difference between seven and 10 is three. (laughs) (laughs) There's your promo, Bruce. There's your promo. (laughs) Uh, But but what I would say is like the, the Ottawa situation, you you remember Batherson was, was, uh, was, was, was out, then he was in and then he was out. Right. Yep. And and I think it, I think what happened with the senators is it, it, it escalated rapidly. And I think with the Islanders right now, they're saying we don't need this type of escalation. Sometimes you have to learn, you know, from your previous experiences too. Right. Okay. So, so they, they start to see, uh Oh, we don't want to run into this situation. Right. And that's my answer. That's my answer. Looking at it from, from the outside in And, and my math is pretty good too. Mrs. Awanica would be very happy with me. Yes, yes. For those who don't know, she was my grade 12 teacher. I got 38. <laughs> she passed me because I was going to Ryerson. She thought it would make it. And she said, as long as you don't take uh, math, relations and functions and calculus next year, I'm good with it. She was great, probably retired now, but it's teachers like that. The influence that they have on you, uh, she helped make me. I say thank you, Mrs. Awanica. Okay, so, so think about that. So somebody that understood you. Somebody that like took the time to understand, okay, here's where Steve's passions are. Here's what he's good at. Here's what we're going to do. We're not going to penalize them, right? We're not going to, we're not going to put, and, and so, you know, she, and she took the time to know you. And, and it just goes back to what I said about Matt Murray and about Evander Kane. Right. Evander Kane has a young child too. How are you going to support Evander, you, you know, in terms of being a parent, right? Like, you know, and, and what does that mean with, with what's going on in the other parts of his life? It's not just... On, on the hockey and mentorship, it's everything. It's helping him deal with it. I, 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 I got to tell you, Steve, like I left after talking to Anthony for 20 minutes and he's got a foundation and, you know, he's invested. He, he wants to make a difference in young people's lives. I, I left there just like, I, I was like, wow, I was tingling with, with things I didn't know that I, I really uh, felt a lot better about knowing and, and trying to look at in terms of perspective. Right. Well, you said when we started this a few times, we, we would get a guest, maybe Anthony would be one of yeah. our, like, and, and I know Anthony as well. He's on the show. Like you are once a week, yeah. the series XM show. We're all connected. I saw him at the rink. I thought it was great. Next topic biting. We've had bites before Yarko Rutu, apparently Stevens and Manson back in the day. I don't remember that. And well, Mark Savard got one game for burning Darcy Tucker. What did you make of the shenanigans the other night? I hear people saying 20 games. Whoa, we, we can't just start tomorrow. I'm a crime and punishment guy, Craig. But if we have a precedent of one, two, three, four, how do you view this Kachuk Lemieux fiasco from the other night? Well, I mean, if, if I'm Brendan Lemieux, uh, okay, so first of all, the act, it's, it's unacceptable right? Department of player safety, obviously in person hearing, we know, we know it's going to be five or more games, right? I mean, I mean, that's what it would lead you to think, right? If if I'm Brendan Lemieux, I would be, I would be really paying attention to the comments made by Brady Kachuk. Oh, because, because it was Brady. Okay. The act is the act and we know what it is, but did you hear what Brady Kachuk said? Did you hear 
what he expressed about you as a person, as you as a teammate, you and like, you know, what your standing is. That's where if I'm Brendan Lemieux, like that 10 games, 15 games, 20 games, throw them out for life. <laughs> you know, I'm kidding. Right. Yeah. That's what Brendan Lemieux to me has to take to heart. You know what? Am I viewed this way? Is this really how I'm viewed? Am I, am, am, am I a brickhead? <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, that that's, you know, when you're, when your teammates, when your peers uh, who you compete against, you know, you know, go down that path of, of, of that type of uh, critical indictment. That that's where I would go. Okay. Uh, I, I accept my punishment. I, I, I got to take a good, long, hard look at if this is true. I'm not going to suggest it's true, but that was a, that those were strong words by Brady Kachuk. Yeah, and and you know when you send it out there, you know then people agree, they disagree, they get on Kachuk. Jonathan Quick, to his credit, defended Brendan against yep. those accusations. So if no King did, then whoa, whoa that, that that's different. Now I haven't heard anybody else, but Jonathan Quick at least did. So I don't know what happened in New York, and Brady knows Brendan or not. So the act, you're right. If they give him, I'm not going to complain if they give him six, right? There was two bites. So if they give him eight as a precedent and, and, and they, they turn the volume up a little bit, I'm okay with that part. I was very interested in what Brady, NHL players don't go off. They don't go off. So Brady did, he did, he went off. So now I'm curious to see who defends Brendan. If anything comes out of New York from before, just because it's interesting. Brendan Lemieux is not Connor McDavid. I get it. I do believe he's an NHL player. But if someone says something, and at first you say, shut up, and then you say, hmm, sometimes you're a little too loud, and you do talk over people. Hmm, it's kind of true. I shouldn't be as loud and maybe talk. And then, you know, sometimes harsh criticism, Larry David, is, is true. And then you take it, and it makes you better? Good for Brendan. I want to know, like we said, what's true about Evander Kane? What's true about Matt Murray? What's true about Lemieux? It is interesting, even though he's not at that level. But when a player goes off that much, it is interesting, but at least Quick defended him, Craig. If nobody defended him, oh, 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 oh. you as a manager would then have to go down and say, none of you got, is there something I don't know about this guy? Because then you might have to make a trade to get Brendan out of there. If, if, if nobody defended him, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's part of, I mean, when, when Brady made that accusation, I mean, he doesn't know what all Brendan Lemieux's teammates are thinking. And it was important for Jonathan to, to, to stand up for Brendan and say, Hey, whoa, hang on here a second. Like, you know, I'm, I'm in the room with them. I spend time with them and you know, you go from there. So that's where really bad. I, I know Brendan a little bit from his junior days. Uh, but at the same time that you, sometimes you got to take it, to, to, you got to take things to heart. And, you know, he, even though it's criticism and it might be hard to hear, you know, is it something that like, Hey, wait a sec, you know what? I, I, I got to make an examination of, of how I'm impacting and am I oblivious to that? And to Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm, he says, yeah, there's a lot of humans I don't like, but uh, I, I love mankind. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I'm telling you, and I'm trying to get him on the show to talk about the Rangers, right? Larry David loves Capo Cackle and the New York Rangers. I want to get him on to talk hockey. I'm trying flip it, Larry flip it. I think it's brilliant. I think he's amazing. So, and I can, you know, quote every episode of every uh, Seinfeld and I think one of them, he might have stolen an idea from me. So I also want to talk to him about royalties on that episode. Uh, other storylines that relates to the weekend. Uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl don't get a point in the Oilers win. Wow, what a, what a win for a regular season win for the New York Jets. And Sheldon Keefe 
tweaks the matchup. The Zegras line was getting to the Leaf third line, makes a tweak, and the Leafs are rolling, rolling, rolling. I mean, 12-2 and in November. I know they won't be judged till May 2nd, but what do you make of some of those storylines? A little bits and bites for you, Mr. Button. Well, well, let's start with, uh, you know, the the Edmonton Oilers have have had a real strong start to their season. And we know where the Golden Knights were, right, in Vegas. Like, they had those injuries and everything. And they were, they're they're inching up. They're inching up, right? So now they get the Oilers at home, right? And the fact is that the Oilers went in there and no points for McDavid or Dreisaitl, and they win. Like those are, you, you know, I said this when they acquired Duncan Keith, uh, you know, th- there's going to be games during the regular season that are, that, that matter, that matter. And, and you might not think they matter because you don't know if they matter, but Duncan Keith knows what games matter. He does. And I'm not suggesting this, but like you go into a game, Hey, these guys, they're looking at us. They don't have respect for us. They say we've been hurt. It's going to be a hard game, right? And, you know, a Duncan Keith can stand right in there and go, this game matters. This game matters. And we better take it seriously. There's going to be a game in February. There's going to be a game in January that you might not feel really fully energized for, but they matter. Because it, it's about what they, what, what they help you build towards. You talk about May 2nd, that's what it's all about, right? Knowing that you can win a game without McDavid and Dreisaitl scoring and, and, and against a real difficult opponent, that matters. And that's important. You know, leadership and isn't just about, you know, uh, you know, oh, yeah, let's go out there and play. And it's, sometimes leadership is, is conveying your experiences, positive experiences, you know, to help the group in their learning. Right. <laughs> and and I, I think that that's a big thing that when Kenny Holland acquired Duncan Keith, that he can add to that group outside of, of, of his uh, of his on ice play. And Connor McDavid hasn't been there. Leon Dreisaitl hasn't been there. And Zach Hyman hasn't been there. Well, when Duncan Keith stands up and goes, hey, <laughs> we better be ready for tomorrow night. It matters. Yeah. People pay so, attention. I love Duncan Keith and the Oilers getting it done. I know what you mentioned for, for big games, but he wasn't in the lineup. No Darnell Nurse. So having Keith there for uh, what will be the stretch run and hopefully a long playoff run is so important. Uh, I think I said New York, but it's the Winnipeg Jets. Great regular season win. And wow, the Leafs are on a roll, Craig. Before we end with Ovi. Okay, I'll be real quick on the Jets. Uh, you know, the Jets have played really well leading up to their game in Minnesota on Friday. They had, they played, they could they weren't scoring. They were in cl- close games and they could have won some of those games, but the, the offense had dried up. But uh, you get beat like they did in Minnesota and Connor Hellebuck spoke to it. I thought Connor Hellebuck's comments after the game were spot on. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you can't hide behind, well, we were close. We played well enough to win a goal here, a goal there. You didn't win. And now, now you, now it's glaring. And, you know, they fall behind 2 nothing against Calgary, a team that doesn't give up much. Games in November, don't tell me they don't matter. <laughs> For the Winnipeg Jets, that game mattered. That game, Shifley had a couple of points. Obviously, Kyle Connor scores a couple of goals. That game mattered. <laughs> they did. Um, what does November hockey mean for the Leafs in May? Same thing I've been saying since the, since the start of the season, Steve. The Leafs season is about the beginning, the middle, and the beginning. And, you know, they are, they are scoring, which there was no question they were going to with the offensive talent. Their defending is, is really strong. They're finding a semblance of, uh, uh, of order within their lineup. 
uh, from contributions from different areas. And now you, you just continue to evaluate. It gives Sheldon Keefe, the, these are points in the bank. Give Sheldon Keefe opportunities to experiment, try things. Okay, what happens if I get hit with this in the playoffs? I'm going to see how this works in this game. That's the beauty. That Scotty Bowman did it all the time. Sheldon's going to have the luxury of being able to try some of those things. I love it. Well, and I know that you talk to a lot of people and, you know, Sheldon's a, a coach who's learned a lot and continues to learn. The Zegers line, good job by Dallas Akins. He kept the Zegers line away from Tavares and Matthews. So I'm watching the matchups. Gets laugh against uh, Tavares. I get it. Oh, Isaac Lundestrom is getting, oh, he's getting Matthews. Zegers has Richie and Simmons with David Camp. That's not working for Sheldon Keefe. Zegers was getting changed. That's with Milano and Ricard Raquel. That's not working. So at a TV timeout, he switches 20 and 24 and puts out 88 Nylander and 47 Engvall. They then quick shift and he gets Matthews out against the Zegers line and the Leafs score and the game changes. Wow. That's one of those TSN turning points. The Leafs then come down, score again, and they take over the game. You talk about learning, Scotty Bowman, matchups. I thought Sheldon deserved credit for that. I don't know who else on other broadcasts or media, but for me, that was a moment if we were on television together. Aha! And that's the breakdown because I thought that little move that Keith knew wasn't working, 13-11 on the clock at the second period, I got... We got to give coaches credit for nice moves. That was a very, very nice move. Dialing into the moment, Steve. I call it dialing into the moment. Understanding what you need at this particular moment. What you need to swing the game. Like to try to swing the game in your favor. To try to swing the game in your player's favor. Right? Like it's all like, you know, and it might just be slight. But like a a, a little slight advantage, a little slight swing, you know, is something that can lead to a bigger swing. And coaches have to be dialed into that. Steve, there's, there's too much what I call coaching by rote. They, okay, roll it out, roll it out, roll it out. Okay, yeah, you got to play here. You got to play there. Okay, you just get the better of them. Give your players a chance to get advantages. You, you just described what, what, what Sheldon did, and obviously he gave his, his team an advantage. That'll bode well, too, down the road, because now the players know that as a coach, it's not just the system. We'll make adjustments. We'll, we'll do what we have to do to, to, to put you in, in good positions. And, and that builds confidence from the players to the coaching staff as well. We end with the grade eight. He's in the heart conversation. He might be number one. He's scoring 50. He's getting 100 points. He might get 50 and 50. What a weekend. It just keeps going in. Is he 36? I see a 26-year-old Russian tank. And are there any others out there? Call Moscow. Call Moscow. Uh, this guy is unbelievable. I know he's one of a kind, but boy, oh boy, anyone that thought there was, it might happen sometime in the future, there is no letdown, back down, or going down in terms of career numbers right now. Like this, this could be the best of his 17 seasons. <laughs> think about what you just said. Stop. Just stop and pause and think about what you just said. This could be the best of his 17 seasons. I mean, he's been brilliant since day one in this league. He's been, and this could be the best at at this age. Let me ask you this. Here's my question of the day for you. Could Alex score a thousand goals in the NHL? Yep. When he's done? Yep. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Like I, I, like I said a few years back, he, 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 that I thought he'd break Gretzky's record. Uh, like it's now by how much? 
It's not if, it's how much he'll break it by. Will, will you break it by 10 goals? Will you break it by 50? Will he get to 1,000 goals? Can you imagine a player in the history of the NHL having 1,000 goals in his career? He's amazing. He, he is, as we call him the grade eight. I mean, I mean, what, what, I mean, things kind of line up, right? Eight, grade eight, you know, everything that goes with it. Oh boy. I mean, we're going to look at, we're going to look back at Alexander Ovechkin and Steve, like whenever he's done, we're going to say, how lucky were we to watch one of the greatest players that ever laced them up in the National Hockey League? One of the greatest that ever laced them up. Yep. Well said. We had a lot of fun. This was great. I already can't wait until Thursday in episode 18. Cool button. Uncensored Hockey Podcast. Great to see you, my friend. Be well out there, everybody. Be kind. And we'll talk soon. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.